You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, Alana Levine here. Together with Sam Mayer, I host How to Be More Chill, a podcast devoted to our beloved musical, Be More Chill. Listen, I just want to tell you that if you're around the weekend of January 25th, go to BroadwayCon. All of the fabulous podcasts that are part of the Broadway Podcast Network are going to be there live, interviewing your favorite stars, and BroadwayCon is just a blast. So get yourself to BroadwayCon, find the Broadway Podcast Network events, and if you love Broadway, you're going to love this weekend. Or pretend to check a text on my phone. Hey everyone, I am Alana. And I'm Sam. And we are two people who had a mutual love for a show called Be More Chill. And we decided that we would like to find a place where we could bring others who love Be More Chill as much as we do. All of the behind the scenes with all of its creatives. And we thought a really great way to do that would be to have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And we have called that podcast How to Be More Chill. Never hung with a girl like you before. I don't know if you know it, but I am sure that for me you are an upgrade. Welcome to episode two. Today's episode features George Salazar. Who is going to walk us through how the fandom is such an integral part of the story of how Be More Chill got to Broadway. Here's George Salazar. Hey, George Salazar. Hi, you guys. I think I speak for both Sam and I when I say... We are trying to be more chill right now, but it is not easy. (laughs) It's so not easy. What we would like to know, and all our listeners would like to know, is when did you first become aware, a part of, enamored of, and in the family of Be More Chill? It was uh, Christmas 2012. It was around that time I auditioned for uh, The Black Suits, which is another Joy Connors musical. And um, I thought I did really well. And I didn't get it. And we were, Joe and I were uh, next to each other decorating 54 Below for the uh, Iconist Christmas uh, extravaganza in 2012. And and I told him, I was like, man, I had such a great time auditioning for your show. Um, I felt like I was in a groove. I felt so good about it. He was like, oh, man, you did so great. You know, it, it didn't it didn't go your way just because they wanted to hire like actual teenagers. And I was like, admittedly, twenty six, so fine, you know. And uh, and uh, he was like, "But I'm uh, working on this other musical, um, and we're going to be doing a workshop of it in the new year. And so I think there's a role that's perfect for you, and I would uh, love if you do it." And I was like, "Dude, of course!" And you know, I met Joe. I had only known Joe for maybe about a year before that. And was, like, enamored with his music and his work and also him as, like, a human being. And uh, and so uh, in the spring of 2013, I got an email and uh, joined Joe and some other folks. Lauren Marcus read, um, read Christine Canigula. Taylor Trench was Jeremy. Scott Ellis was the director back then. Um, it was... Uh, 
it, it was like the it was a dream. And uh, was so this, this is for a workshop or just, just a, a reading it was a or twenty nine hour twenty nine hour developmental reading. And uh, we, you know, we got to Michael in the bathroom, and uh, I sang it, and I stuck around a little a little later uh, after rehearsal, and was like, I wonder, it sits pretty low in my voice. It's like I wonder if we can um, if we can try it a little higher, and so he, we tried it, you know, uh, up a step, and I was like, you know, I feel like we could we can get it even higher. And th- so, th- admittedly, this is this 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 has been my technique in workshops: is to um, ask the composer to transpose the song really high if I really like the piece, uh, because I feel like that gives me job security. <laughs> so, most most of the reason why I asked, I mean, it definitely upped the emotional um, uh, ceiling of that song, right? And the stakes, and the stakes. Um, uh, but but. To be honest with you, I was just trying to make sure that I wouldn't be replaced at the next reading. This is it's, a good tip, people. It's a technique. Yeah. It's a technique. And so... Um, Can I just interrupt? Yeah. The first time you heard Michael in the Bathroom, which we can't... It's sort of like it, it, it has become such an iconic song and you are so the voice and person attached to that song. Did you know the first time you heard it, aside from wanting to secure it as your own in the way that you just did, what a special... Bow, like like um, I'm trying to think of the word, but but that it was so special. Um, yes, anthem. I, that it would be an anthem uh, for I, young people. No, no, I no, I didn't think it was uh, going to be an anthem for young people. I I saw it. So at that point, I in my in my life, I was um, I feel like kind of pigeonholed as like a silly, goofy clown, and um. You know, when "Be More Chill" begins, you Michael, for all intents and purposes, is a silly, goofy clown. And then, you know, I remember reading through it with the cast um, at that first reading and getting to that song and and being like, "Oh my god!" Like so surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what a turn for this character, and what a what an interesting shade for this character to 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 share with the audience. And so I immediately got excited at the prospect of playing a character with more depth than I had been trusted with in the past. And so I knew that it was a special, um, a special thing to be trusted with. I just didn't think it was going to be what it has become. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I was going through old emails and I found an email from Joe asking me if I would sing, uh, do a demo. And this was, um, this was before the reading. This was before that first reading. Uh, Joe emailed me, and you know, I think I think I got the dates wrong. I think this was I think it was Christmas 2013 that we talked about this, and it was spring of 2014 when we did that reading. Okay, but in the summer of 2013, he asked if I would sing a demo, and I I had already committed to doing a charity concert that night. And, uh, and like we found the, we found the emails, we went back and found them and, uh, and Jason Tam sang the demo, uh, uh, that very first demo instead. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, uh, it's, it's quite the journey. So you are at this reading and this 29 hour reading, and this is a workshop presentation like music stands. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't even a, a presentation proper. It was, um, 
it was more for the writers to hear it out loud for the first so time. So Joe and Joe are there, yeah. and Scott, they're sort of yeah making the piece better. Yeah, yeah, and then and then Two River came in on the last day to like. Right, because they had commissioned yeah, this piece. just to see, like, where it's at. So I have a question. Yeah. The reason that you didn't get The Black Suits, a, a show that I saw and loved, and that's my gateway into Joe Iconis, was because they wanted to use teenagers. Yeah. So Be More Chill is also a show with teenagers. Yes. So uh, you didn't become a teenager in the months uh, between not getting bl- the black suits and getting be more chill. Right, I am not Benjamin Button. You are not, although as far as I'm concerned, you you are. <laughs> um, was there ever a conversation or did you ever think like, great, I'm doing this workshop. I'm still not a teenager. So why didn't they use teenagers for be more chill this time around? I think that that the sci-fi musical comedy element of the show wanted – to feel, you know, Joe's such a huge fan of, of John Hughes. And so I think that there was um, there was a want to have a John Hughes-like cast where you're not using actual teenagers, you're using, you know. And also, like, uh, I personally feel like uh, for comedy to work really well, it helps to have actors who are older but read a little younger. Uh, and so I think that that's just, yeah. And I think it was a directorial choice. Right. You know? Um, luckily. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily. Luckily for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in this timeline it. of the story, is there anything between that reading and True River that is like this notable memory in your mind? Or do we advance in the story now to First Ursula at Two River? Yes. There is something notable, actually. Um, so since – so from that uh, that first reading to Two River – um, I was asked by Joe to travel to Red Bank, New Jersey for the Two River season announcement. And uh, he asked me to sing Michael in the Bathroom at this announcement. And um, and I went and sang it, having done the, the readings. And um, they filmed it. It was like, it was all like, I was so excited to have like a video of, of this thing. And it was Joe and I, uh, I have to find this video. It's, I mean, it, uh, that's like the first, that's the first time that Joe and I like performed, uh, just the two of us together. And, um, and so that, that was super notable because then after we did that, I, I was fed up with New York and, um, and, you know, we do a ton of readings as actors and like 40% of them, move on to a next reading, uh, 60% of them just like die, Yeah, you know? And so, um, and so it'd been a while since I had heard, um, and I, uh, had heard much about the show and, and I knew that there was going to be, the show was going to happen at some point in that season, but I, uh, booked the CBS diversity showcase in LA and, um, and it was going to require me to like pack up and move. And so I sold all my belongings in New York. Um, I transferred my lease over to a friend and I flew out to LA with two suitcases, landed three days later, I bought a car. Um, I was subletting and planning and like looking for apartments to sign a new lease. Like I was like fully going to make the the big move to LA. Um, And in early 20 this is so that was 2014 that was in the 
uh, that was I moved out there October 2014. Uh, in January 2015, um, Joe reached out to me and said, "Hey, we're we're gonna do be more chill uh, in the spring uh, in a couple months in, in New Jersey, and I would love if you would there." At this point now, we have a different director. We have Stephen Brackett, who doesn't know me. And uh, and he was like, the director, Stephen Brackett, wants you to audition for the show. And to be completely honest with you, I was like, what? Come on. Like, I sang it at yeah. the, I sang Michael in the Bathroom at the season announcement. Like, I should be the guy playing the part. But I was like, you know what? Okay, fine, fine. But I was in L.A., so I had to put my audition on tape. And luckily, I knew the show and I knew the song. Um, and what did they ask you to do? So they asked me to read, uh, the bathroom scene that leads into Michael in the bathroom, which miraculously has like remained pretty much intact. Sure. Uh, well, cause you said it also at a higher key. You're like, and when I speak, <laughs> <laughs> pitch it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no not- one else can also, no one can say these lines. Yeah. No one can say these lines the way, <laughs> the way that I do. <laughs> um, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, so I, I. Uh, That's the animated cartoon version of Be More Chill, which, by the way, I would watch. I would watch. I would watch that so hard. Yeah, every Saturday morning, um, a bowl of Captain Crunch and the Be More Chill cartoon would 110%. be heaven. One hundred and ten percent. Are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. View- viewing viewing parties at your place Done. every Saturday morning. I love it. I uh, yeah. So I um, so I put that on tape. Uh, I think that was the only scene that I had to do was. You know, coming out of the the hand out of the bathtub thing, and um, and then did you uh, film it in your bathroom? I filmed it in my kitchen in Valley Village, uh, and I um, and then they they asked if I would sing something. Didn't have to be Michael in the bathroom, and I don't you know I don't have a keyboard or or a pianist. Like I'm in L.A. Like who, where am I going to find someone to, to accompany me? And. Uh, you know, this the show hasn't happened yet, so it's not like I could go onto YouTube and There's find no karaoke. Like, a karaoke track, yeah. right? And so I was like, what am I going to do? And I was like, oh, I'm just... And then I thought, this is pretty ballsy. I'm going to send them the video of me singing Michael in the Bathroom at the season announcement at Two River Theater. Yeah, you are. And if there's... And if there's I mean, because there's, there's one way to be like, look, it should be me. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Sure. Where, like, Joe's in the background playing the piano, and I'm... in. Standing on the very stage that to, that be more chill is going to happen on, uh, and I'm singing singing the song. So I I edited it uh, and sent it away, and um, thank God Stephen Brackett uh, had a sense me. of humor. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so I got the part. And How do you find out that you got the part? Um, I got a phone call from my manager at the time, Judy Leslie, um, and. Uh, she she said they want you for the part and i said i'm i'll let's do it so i booked a flight um back to new york with every intention of moving back right so i left a bunch of stuff in in la and subletted that room to someone else and um we did uh a workshop like a last minute workshop before rehearsal started in new york um, in new york and then we started rehearsals, and um, and still to this day, that that process of like discovering the show and trying to rush and put this thing together was is the uh, like artistic highlight of my career so far. Is just like 
creating this character. And I learned a lot from spending more than 29 hours mm-hmm. uh, on the on the script. And, and you know, there were a lot of, like, um, experiments. I uh, was drawing from my own high school experience of, like, uh, realizing that I was gay and then wondering, like, well, does this mean that I have a crush on my guy friends? You know, like my straight friends, do I have a crush on them? Like what, uh, you know, and trying to navigate that. And so we we experimented with like Michael being gay. But then I felt like I didn't want – there's so few um, male friendships in musicals uh, that are just like pure male friendships. And so I, I, I thought to myself, okay, at, in 10th grade – I didn't know that I was gay. Uh, so Michael might not know that he's gay. He might he might end up coming out two years after the, the story of Be More Chill. Um, but I thought, you know, I wanted to – and we tried it. We, we definitely tried it and with – With dialogue or just inner just thoughts about inner it? Thoughts. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just like the interactions looks. that I had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we tried it and we thought, let's keep it pure because Michael is – like truly like a pure, pure soul in, in the in the grand scheme of this show. Um, there's this like beautiful childlike quality. I mean, he is a child, but like truly childlike. Um, he's untarnished and he's untainted by outside stuff. So so we experimented with that. Um, and I, I decided that I, that he that he would that he he's not thinking about that like that that part of his life hasn't crossed his, his mind yet. Um, and then uh, I was thinking about what kind of a person he is and decided that I was going to make up for my high school experience by creating a character who is the best friend that we all wish we had but also the best friend that we all wish we could be for our friends. Like the type of person who um, will always have someone's back regardless of whatever drama that, that, that happens in the immediate moment. Someone who is just like devoted and loves their friends uh, so much and would do anything for them. And so, uh, and when I, when I, when I, cause it's there in the text, you know, but it, it, I, it needed to click for me. And once it did, I um, I fell madly, madly in love with this character, and I got really attached to the show, like really, really attached uh, to to the show. And so, um, yeah, and then we started. We, you know, it was a very rushed process, um, and, and we ran for four weeks, and then the show died. And so when you're running the show, is it mostly, like, families and kids who live in New Jersey who go to that theater to see stuff and and we, a community vibe? Yeah, it was certainly community vibe, but it was, you know, to be honest, like mostly older audiences, the subscriber base. Um, but we had young people who were coming over and over and over again. And so, you know, Gerard and I, for example, we had experience with shows that spoke to young people. We were both a part of Spring Awakening and saw like the uh, the power of that musical with a with a fan a young fan base, um, and I I 
we picked up on it. We we knew in that moment that there was something about this show that was like really speaking to young people. And are they beginning to wait for you after the show and want They're to waiting. meet you guys? Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's you know it's a super small scale. There's probably like seven or eight kids who came back over and over again. How um, are the grown up? How many seats are at the Two River? Um, I want to say it's like two hundred, maybe. So and, it was mostly adult subscribers. Yeah, and 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 it was never like a fully sold out like house, you know, it was, uh, that, that's what made skipping ahead. That's what made off Broadway. So emotionally, (laughs) um, uh, overwhelming was like, um, coming out onto the stage and, and seeing like not an empty seat in the house and knowing that like being able to like stand at places and not have to peek out the curtain, you know, it's, it's a feeling that I've never felt before. Uh, are they going to like us or uh, like, are there going to be people out there for the first time in my career? Like uh, that wasn't a worry. And so I got really just got to focus on the show and the story. And, um, but yeah, no, that I remember my, my memories of standing on that stage in New Jersey were, um, seeing a lot of older people and seeing some empty seats and that's okay. Be, Be More Chill was the first regional production I'd ever done in my life. Right. It was the first time I went out of town to do a show. Um, so for that reason alone, it was a really memorable experience. But, um, but yeah. So it wasn't frenzied yet. No, there was there was not a frenzy. There were some kids who were really digging it, some older folk who were – Amused. Yeah, I was too loud for them. Mm-hmm. We we heard that a couple times. Can we turn it down? Very loud. Very loud music. <laughs> <laughs> when did you find out that the cast recording was going to be made? Um, I found out about the cast recording the the night that Kurt Deutsch came to see the show. Um, Is that in the middle of the run, toward the end of the run? This was in the middle of the run. Kurt came, and and you know I had known Kurt for a couple of years by that point because he produced the Godspell album and um and we went across the street to a bar after the show and uh joe myself and kurt were sitting uh, at a table and kurt looked at me and said that michael in the bathroom song is gonna be a hit and he was like we have to we gotta record this thing and so I knew then that we were probably going to do an album, and I knew that Joe really wanted that to happen. So I I knew it was going to happen, um, but uh, I'll never forget that that like Kurt Deutsch totally called it. He just said like that that song. There's something about that song and the way you sing it. It's just it's going to be it's going to be a hit. That's going to be a hit song. So um, you know people say things all the time, and. I respect Kurt so much, and so I I didn't blow that off. I it, that was not lost on me, and I and I kept that with me for a while, and it um, and it made me feel even more grateful that I got to sing that song uh, for four weeks. The you know the show closed, and that was kind of it. Uh, did we, you read the review or the I, reviews? I did. Are I you did. a review reader in general? I or? wish I wasn't, but I am. I think, you know, there's like a huge part of me my whole life that's that I all I've ever wanted was for everyone to like like me. And uh, and so there's this like need to know that I wish I could shake. Um, 
but I can't. And so I read the review and uh, I was kind of, uh, I was really hurt and, and like, uh, uh, like angry about it. Uh, you know, it, it felt like, without saying too much about it, it felt like, um, like the show just went over this person's head. Um, he referred to Michael in the bathroom as a funny song in act two and really like uh, pl- played down the, the, the stakes of that song in a way that I felt like, did I like, was I not good enough? It made me re- really doubt myself, but you know, we trudged along, we did the show, show closed. Um, Joe then started asking me to sing Michael in the bathroom at Iconis and family concerts. And so that was my way into the family, um, uh, the cabaret scene of the family. And, um, uh, and I loved singing it and it never got old. And I felt always felt lucky to be able to do it. And, um, you know, people, people were very nice in New York, uh, when, when, when I would sing it and they'd say nice things about it. And, uh, and then we did, we recorded the album and the album came out in uh, on Halloween. Uh, Joe d- does a Halloween show every year, and we um, and we uh, we kind of made his Halloween show also the Be More Chill release party. And so uh, we sang a couple songs from the show, um, and and then Joe and I were doing. Uh, a, we were now moving on, kind of, to the next project which is the, uh, his Hunter S. Thompson musical. And we did a reading of it. It was in September of uh, 2015. Uh, we had just done um, a, a reading of uh, the Hunter Thompson musical. Uh, we were feeling really good about it. Uh, and was, it was that a finished piece? That was finished. Um, uh, Will Swenson was Hunter Thompson. Coleman Domingo was Richard Nixon. I was playing Will Swenson's best friend. I was just like, this is amazing. Chris Ashley's directing. Uh, and so we uh, so we went to a bar and I like cr- got really drunk and just cried to Joe about how sad I was that Be More Chill wasn't moving on. He's so good. He's such a good person and such a, an amazing artist. And I was just bummed. I was really bummed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. You're good. You're good. Um, uh, really bummed. And... You know, he said, please, please never say no to me. Please just, please keep saying yes. Work with me. I promise you. Like, someday we're going to win awards together. We're going to, we're going to do this thing. And, uh, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. And, um. Who at this point, who was Joe to you? When you look back at that time. Joe was beginning to be the. You know, in college, I remember doing a, a being assigned a paper um, about uh, Cheetah Rivera. And in my research of Cheetah Rivera, I found all this information about how she was like, she constantly collaborated with Kander and Ebb, mm-hmm. like so many times. And I remember being in college being like, I would love to like meet a writer in New York City who gets me and like, uh, and we, we, we make things together over and over again and there was like a fruitful artistic um collaboration and relationship and so at by, at, by this point 
it was I was already kind of feeling like, oh my god, this is that. This is this could be the thing. Like this could be it. He's my and Joe has this, head. and Joe has this with so many people, you know, um, and so many people that he'd known for years. And I, 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 I like very recently. I just want everyone to know, Alana just handed me her scarf to wipe my tears. <laughs> I would totally do that. And it's cashmere. And I would <laughs> let you use my cashmere scarf as a tissue anytime, George Salazar. And I would never wash it afterwards. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's, it's just true. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he he has so many amazing people around him. And I was like new to the scene and, you know, kind of in that – at that time, I was like, there's something that works here. And, like, my my voice, like, Joe's music sits in my voice in a way that, like, you would think that he wrote Michael in the Bathroom for me, but he, but it was already written when I got there. Like, it just, there's, like, a like a synchronicity that is, like, that, that is... Beautiful. I found to be super beautiful and also very rare. And so, so in that, it was in that moment that I was like, okay, this is... I'm Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> he's, I'm just a better. I'm a better dancer than Cheetah Rivera. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. but sure she's got me on the vocals. Yeah, fair um, enough. But that—that's not I, what I she like, says. No, it's not. But that—that's that's when I realized. Okay, uh, we. I I think that we're gonna. I, I hope we're gonna continue to make things for a very long time. So, and to hear that he felt the same way was yeah, a remarkable yeah, moment. Yeah, it you know, I'm, but we were, dr- I mean, we were drunk. That that began the the um, cycle of me crying to Joe whenever I have had too much to drink. Mm-hmm. The, there's always like a, I always get emotional and say thank you and cry in the middle of a bar. Like that's just that that has. It's not happened a lot lately because I think we've 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 now done so many things together that. That if uh, that if that if I was still doing that, um, I, I think I would need to seek uh, psychiatric uh, evaluations. Right, because you're partners now. Yeah, yeah, we make. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, it's and not I still as feel much... the gratitude, and I still yeah. feel the, the the emotion. I'm just like you know, I'm not sobbing in front of characters on Fifty Fourth Street. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. I can attest to. That not really being true. What's your but. drink? What do you drink? <laughs> um, I drink um, uh, an old fashioned or a Manhattan with Joe Iconis. And when I'm not with Joe Iconis, I'll have a vodka soda. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what does Joe drink? Joe drinks uh, Manhattans and old fashioned. So you're you're in Mad Men. You're in yeah, the cast 100%, of Mad Men. Okay. One hundred percent. That's good to know. All right. So months months go by. Yes. And. I understand that the the fandom is sort of percolating and things are starting to buzz up. Do you have any memories of sort of like feeling for the first time, wait, like there's some stuff happening here? Yeah, that all didn't happen until um, 2017. So like 2016 goes by and moved on. And I'm continuing to sing Michael in the Bathroom. You know, right. Jerry Garing, for example, our lead producer, heard Michael in the Bathroom for the first time at a Iconist and Family concert um, that was at the old music, musical theater factory uh, studio. So you don't um, go back to L.A.? No, I, no, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I don't go back to L.A. I finish the run of Be More Chill and I do a couple Iconist concerts and I realize, like, this is what I was looking for. And it just took a little time, and it just needed to happen when it was supposed to happen. And L.A. was not I, 
yeah. So I called someone. I called a friend, uh, and I said, "Do you want to buy my car? I'll sell it you for a thousand bucks." He bought my car. It was a piece of trash, right? Garbage car. Uh, and I asked my roommate to ship me the rest of my stuff and keep whatever you know. And uh, and I I yeah I was back. I was back in New York. This is New York two point mm-hmm. And I I feel now finally for the first time in oh god seven years. Yeah, I moved here in two thousand eight, so it's now two thousand fifteen. So seven years. Uh, I feel like I have a a mission statement as an artist and I have a purpose as an artist and I have a, a, a safe place and a, and a, and a home base with Iconis and family. And I feel not alone. And I feel um, like I've got friends and allies who are like-minded and fun and love, love musical theater and love being raucous and love being misfits. And it just felt like I found my tribe, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so so I sell everything and stay in New York. Um, twenty sixteen goes by, then twenty seventeen I start doing um, the Lightning Thief, directed by Stephen Brackett, our director from Be More Chill and Two River, and book written by Joe Trace, who wrote the book for Be More Chill, and I'm playing the best friend, and it is making me miss Be More Chill. Um, and we, uh, we do the run. It's a sold out, it's a sold out run. It's very, like, it's, it's, it's really, New York is warmly welcoming, uh, the lightning thief. And towards the end of that run, um, some fans start coming to stage door and they start handing me little stickers that they've made. And they're like Michael Mel stickers. And I'm like, how do you... They're not Percy Jackson Lightning Thief stickers. Yeah, no, they're stickers. not Lightning yeah. Thief stickers. And I'm like, oh my God, this, this is so cute. And then I'm starting to get mail delivered to the theater. And I'm opening it up and the, there are these like really beautiful... I still have them. These like like postcard-sized portraits of, of Michael in the Creeps t-shirt, you know, le- sitting on the floor of a bathroom, crying up against the bathtub. And I'm like, what is going on? So obviously I'm talking to Joe about all this. And um, and the show closes and I start noticing like some really crazy things happening on social media. And I've gone, you know, I had, when we closed The Lightning Thief, I had 5,000 Instagram followers. And... Um, I, this is now May of 2017. By June, I was averaging like 1,400 new Instagram followers a week. And I was watching these numbers go up. Without feeding it. Without feeding You're it. You're not posting stuff. No. You're just sitting there. And now I'm starting to now I'm starting to, to feed it because I now I'm seeing this as like, wait, if this keep if we can keep this momentum going, then maybe we can get the attention of some producer in New York who'd be like, wow, what's going on? So I start, you know, sharing fan art on my Instagram page because it's really incredibly impressive stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I'm sharing it and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm being tagged in things for the first time, like fan art. I'm going through, I'm reading everything. I'm liking everything. My friends are judging me because I'm spending so much time on my phone. But I was just genuinely excited 
that people found this thing that I every day like missed and thought of, you know? And, um, and so, uh, so, so these followers are coming in, the fan art is coming in. I'm talking to Joe. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, I wrote this tweet that said, if you are sick of, and this is probably, I, I think I did this in July of 2017. I said, if you're, I'm sorry, 20, yeah, 2017. I said, if you're, uh, if listening to the, uh, cast album of Be More Chill is not enough and you want to see a live production, retweet this. And this tweet like went viral. It just. Like how many? Uh, I, th- thousands. Thousands of retweets. Yeah. And it's, and it, this is on Twitter and I'm, I barely use Twitter and it's. I'm watching all of this. So I'm thinking, okay, well, what can we do to keep the momentum going? And so I'm really devoting my time to seeing and hearing all the people who loved, who found this musical fall in love with it and are taking time out of their days to like make art. And I am, uh, focusing on, on being as appreciative, uh, to those people as possible in any way. And that was, you know, and for me, it was like such a small way truly to just look at a tagged piece of fan art and like it or comment hearts on it. You know, it, it took no time out of my right. day, but it, it, it makes a lasting impression on these people who t- spent three hours drawing something and the person they're drawing it for sees it, you know? And so, so I, so I, I mean, I, I basically came up with a plan for how to like balance my life with this social media stuff. So every morning I would wake up and I would check Instagram and Twitter and I would like and comment. Uh, and then, you know, if I was waiting for a train, I would do it again. And then before I would go to bed at night, I would do it again. And, um, you know, your, our dreams, our dream as artists is that the things that we create, we create with love and that the people who find it and, and look at it, see the love, feel the love and the love is reciprocated, right? And that dream was coming true. And it was uh, mind-blowing because this is a thing that we had buried. Yeah. Um, and so so, we, uh, so we're talking, Joe and I are talking, we're, we're confused. Like, why, why is no one seeing this? I remember CCing to River on that initial tweet so that they could see what was happening. Um, and there was, I started getting frustrated because I was like, um, why is there no one who is seeing this? And, you know, Sam was a very early ally of, of, and supporter of Be More Chill. Um, and I was like, you know, Sam sees it. Why, like, why aren't the producers like flocking over to try to make this thing happen? This is the part of time in my life where I'm saying to anyone who will listen, anyone not producing the show is an idiot like why is the show not getting produced like the fandom is growing by thousands per day yeah and why is this not happening yeah and so i tried to fuel the fire as well with my access to followers for yes broadway and say this is a thing i mean i love telling the story that now i'm i'm the person who's not the idiot in that story who then ends up being a producer so does two-player game come up around this time as an, or soon when do you guys decide you know what we're going to create some kind of performance until 
other people are willing to write checks for a bigger so so venue. Um, yeah so so Ghostlight Joe had been reaching out to Ghostlight being like something's happening this? something's happening they were like we we don't know we don't know what you're talking about and then they checked their sales because you know be more chill by this point was on the was out there for like close to 90 weeks and not much not much there you know and that, that's why this is why I love the people at Ghostlight is that it's not they're not trying to make millions they are trying to they are theater historians and they are they are preserving musicals uh uh on these cast recordings and uh you know they don't make these cast recordings don't make a lot of money unless they're a huge runaway hit, unless it's a Hamilton. And um, and so so they they check and they notice that B. Marchell is like climbing up the Billboard soundtrack charts, the Broadway charts. And they get back to Joe and they're like, have, have you guys been doing anything? No. No, we have not been doing a thing, you know, outside of the social media thing. And um, we make our way to the top ten charts in in, in uh, for a week. It was, I think we were uh, it was our ninety second or ninety third week uh, on the charts, and we were uh, up to top ten. Um, around this time, Ghostlight decides to make a music video using footage from. Uh, the recording studio and uh, footage from the Two River production of Michael in the Bathroom, splicing back and forth. Um, and this video then goes viral. And I, I, I do, I do attribute the popularity, the the like explosion of it to that video and to Ghostlight being smart enough to make that thing. Um, and so around this time, now I'm now I'm in Connecticut. And I'm doing a three-person play, and uh, and I have a lot of downtime because my two castmates are uh, older uh, Jewish women, uh, and so and we're in Hartford, Connecticut. So I'm there's not what am I going to do? So I'm working out a lot, and I'm just on my phone. I'm I'm having to char- recharge my phone twice a day because I'm <laughs> on it so much. Yes, and um, and so. Joe and I are, are in constant – Joe Iconis and Joe Trace and myself, we're in constant communication about what's happening. Um, my f- dear friend Ashley Latimer uh, comes and stays for a weekend with me and we talk about uh, – we talk about Be More Chill and we talk about the best way to kind of harness this social media uh, Passion. explosion. Right. And uh, and so we, we, we talk about it. We have the discussion, and around the same time, I'm uh, I I am able to get an appointment to be seen for Dear Evan Hansen, and I'm going in for Evan Hansen, and it's a big deal for me. I've been working out because I wa- I really wanted to be considered for this part, and uh, and I'm working really hard on the sides, and I go in and I d- don't don't even get a call back, not a, not even a call back, and I was devastated, and Ashley. Uh, took a bus down to Connecticut after my audition um, and just to like be there and keep me sane. And, uh, you know, I'm coming off of being like, well, nothing's happening with Be More Chill. No one's going to produce it. Um, I I can't even get a call back for Evan Hansen. Like, what is going on? And I'm feeling really lost and upset and and angry and bitter. And, um, And Ashley says to me, 
it's just not, it's okay. Like, this is not, it's not your role. It's not your thing. Don't worry. Like, your time, your time will come. And can you take that in? No, of course not. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Want to be Evan Hansen. Not even a callback? Right. Come on. By the way, not for nothing. That's come, crazy talk. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I let it go. I let it go. And, and I finish that contract and I get back to New York and I'm, I'm feeling good. And I'm like back to the drawing board. And Jen Tepper reaches out to me and she says, um, hey, you know, you 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 got all these followers now. And by this point, um, by the end of the contract, that was in so – that ended in September of 2017. Um, I think I hit like 50,000 followers. So this is between May and September. I'm now, I've now upped my – your voice is really your megaphone uh, and platform. People are like, and yeah. yeah, like I can't post. It's grown. I gotta watch what I'm posting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, um, so I, uh, I talked to Jen, and Jen says, you know, you got a following. Have you? Would you like to do a solo show at Fifty Four Below? I don't think that. I, I didn't think that I had anything to say. And I hate solo shows. I hate when actors do solo shows and they're just like, this song by Alanis Morissette really saved my life during middle school. This is um, ironic. You know, and then they do like an acoustic version <laughs> of ironic, you know? And it's like, why are we? I need we, to write that down. Watching? That's really good banter <laughs> for my cabaret show. Like, why am I? Yeah. And so they'll sing ironic and then they'll be like, uh, hey, my first role was... Um, Jack in Into the Woods. So I'm gonna sing a little Into the Woods, and it's like, what? What is this evening you've curated? This I want to see I, George Salazar doing a parody version of a solo <laughs> show at Fifty Four Below, where you're playing these characters, of these like people who just want to sing acoustic versions just of like, ironic. I want. I want to have a. I want to have a. And listen, I'm all for people being listen, like go getters. Everybody has different taste. Totally. What we are saying. Is this is not for you. It's not for me. That's and so right. I said that to Jen. I was like, I'm sorry, but I don't think that I and I also don't have what am I what do I say? Like, I don't have um a story to tell. Like what am I gonna be like? And then I moved to LA and this Katy Perry song was the first song that played in my car when I was driving, you know, to Ralph's to buy bread to the and, salad bar. and and yeah. meat. Like, no. So uh so I said no, and then I remembered that I had an actor nightmare kind of like re- bizarrely like around week, this time, like a week before she asked me. And in that nightmare, I was doing a solo show at 54 below. Um, but I was singing, uh, I was singing songs by a composer and I couldn't remember the words at the beginning of the show and just completely went up and it was like horrific. And the composer was pissed at me because I, I I was, like, ruining his songs. And I was like, who is that composer? And it was, of course, it was Joe Iconis. So I told her about the nightmare, and I was like, the only, I guess the only way that I would do a show at 54 is if I could do it with Joe. And if it could be um, just an evening of his songs with him at the piano, and hopefully I would remember all the words. You do your best. Right. And she was like, I think that's a great idea. You should just reach out to Joe and see if he'd do it. And so I reached out to Joe and uh, and he was like, dude, 100%. I've always wanted to do, you know, because Joe does these huge, huge cast concerts. 
He's like, I've always wanted to do like an intimate thing. And, um, and so, so in November of last year, um, we, Jen, Joe and I met up at the ear Inn, which is, uh, which was the bar that Jonathan Larson, uh, lived around the corner from and would do a lot of his writing there. And, you know, I had done Tick, Tick, Boom and my relationship with Jonathan's work and Jonathan as a person um, was like deeper than I ever thought possible. Uh, and so it was special to like sit with Joe and with Jen in this in this place where he where he would spend a lot of his time in. We kind of curated the the show. We decided like, OK, well, what are the songs that we did? De- well, we definitely have to do Michael in the Bathroom. Um, Joe came up with the idea of like, we should do like a gender bend thing and you should sing like, I love play rehearsal or something. And so we started talking song titles. Um, I still have the, and I, and then I said, I got this, I'm going to pay for this lunch and I paid for it. And I, I still have the receipt from that, from that day, Mm. um, from that, the diner receipt with itemized food orders. And, um, and Joe, Jen and I walked to, the uh, phone booth uh, that Jonathan's friends would call him on to have him throw the keys down because the buzzer never worked. We stood across the street from his apartment and looked up. I cried. Uh, and I just thought, I, I, I need Joe to, I need Joe to, to, to get a show to Broadway. I need him to be able to experience watching a show that he wrote uh, on Broadway that needs to happen. I just remember standing in front of that apartment and just like praying. Uh, and so we start to, we start working on the show. We start kind of emails back and forth with Jen about like, what are some good song choices? I'm stressing out. Cause I'm like, it would be great if we just sang songs I already knew, but we have uh, <laughs> to learn more yeah, songs. Yeah. So there's new songs and we start, we start talking about it all and, and then we, um, this is November. And then in December, I asked Joe, I said, you know, if I'm able to like meet up with producers, would, would you be cool with me like talking to people? Because I, I know some people and like, uh, maybe we need to like get out there and be proactive and try to see if someone will produce this. Be like be chill. the grown-ups, yeah, not the artists who are well, at the whim like, of others. Yeah, like not be the, the the people who are waiting for the phone to to mm-hmm. ring, but in fact they're picking up their phone and they're making the calls. And I, you know, I for 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 many years at the beginning of my career, I was lazy and I waited for phone calls. To, I just didn't go out and do anything. Like I waited for opportunities to come to me. Um, and they were few and far between. And, and suddenly I was like, uh, I felt really, um, um, energized and excited to, to be a shark. And I met with someone and I, I, I printed out a, a, a document with the, the numbers and logistics from social media and this is how many streams the albums had, and this is how many streams Michael in the Bathrooms had, and this is how well the the music video is done, and I, this is the growth of Instagram follow. And I was like, be becoming a pitch man for Be More Chill. Joe was doing the same, Jen was doing the same, and we had this like army 
we were this army of of um, warriors who were, uh, you know, jumping out into people's faces and 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 trying to see if something would stick. And uh, at that time, uh, Jen and Joe were talking to Jerry Gehring, who had been a huge fan of, of Joe's now for two years. And uh, and so 2018, New Year, it's the new year, um, I uh, am meeting with Joe. We're, he's catching me up on, on what's happening. There's talk of, uh, you know, maybe the West Side Theater on 43rd, which is d- literally next door to Joe's old apartment and how cool that would be. Um, and there's like, it seems like things are... Momentum steam is, is yeah, building. Like steam, we're really kind of like steaming along. Um, and then March, my birthday, um, I spent spent a weekend in a lake house uh, upstate. And... Um, and I was uh, responsible for the for for uh, lighting and, and and music, and so my phone was plugged in. But I was like, the lights were changing in this house. It was a party. There was dance music. You're event planning at this point. I'm event. I've moved Big on time. to being an event planner. <laughs> Got it. And uh, and so I'm I'm hanging out, and I check my phone uh, in between songs, and I missed a call from Joe, and I got this email. And um, let me find it. This is this would be. Worth, I have chills. You know, I love this so much. This would be worth. Um, I had to catch sharing. myself. Uh, grin. I was grinning so hard that my <laughs> your face was is hurting. To hurt. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> a facial grin, a cramp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so the subject line is three dot, 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 years, dot, 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 later, dot, 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 dot. Oh my God. This is March 2nd, 2018. This is five days before my 32nd birthday. Uh, hey, guess what, Georgie? We're doing Be More Chill in New York City at the Signature on motherfucking 42nd Street. Rehearsals begin on Monday, June 18th. First preview, July 26th. Opening Friday, August 10th through September 23rd. Wow. This all went down officially today. Offers go out on Monday. Please do not say anything to anyone, anyone, anyone. Um, If your agents, if you talk to your agents about it, let them know how under wraps this all has to be kept. Um, If word gets out and it leaks, people are afraid that the Times won't do the announcement, blah, blah, blah. Um... It's just super important that we unleash this news on the world in a shocking, purposeful way. Um, still can't believe it's actually happening. Insane. Aga haga ahaga hag aga haga haga And I wrote it back and I said, Joe, I'm crying. I can't believe this is happening. And I'm so happy for you. For me, for everyone involved, this is such a big fucking deal. I love you, and I'm sorry I haven't returned any emails the last few days. I've just been unplugging a little bit. I can absolutely call you tomorrow. Let me know when. I'm going to save that email forever. Here we go. Um, 
And he said, of course, I love you very much, Salazar. No worries. Do your thing. Be in a lake house. You deserve it. All good. I'll speak to you soon. Aga, ga, 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 ga. Wow. And I called him the next day, and we talked on the phone for, like, my whole car ride back to the city. And, um, And I just was like, it was um, a moment that like proved to me like what perseverance and hard work and belief in yourself and in the people around you, like the power of that and the power of positive thinking and never, and, and truly like relinquishing cause, cause you know, between 2015 and that email, I did a lot of soul searching to figure out how to be free of bitterness and resentment and just positive and, and just looking forward to the next and the next and the next and knowing that like as long as you're a good person and you work hard and you keep your friends close and you're loyal and you're good <laughs> the universe will like pay you back in dividends and uh, and I learned from this that that hard work that I that I did on myself was like totally worth it. I felt like I was in a, the best, the best place in my life. My feet were firmly planted on the ground. I had my head on straight. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I needed to do to get it. You know, things were like the path was just so, so clear at that moment. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an amazing time because I got back to New York. I celebrated my birthday. Um, it was a hard, it was a hard birthday, because it was um, the day before my birthday was when my friend uh, Ruthie and Miles, like uh, the car accident, was, the happened. Car accident just tr- like hor- horrific tragedy, and um, you know um, it was a, it was a really it's just a really weird month, and uh, a couple weeks later we did our first two player game. And it was around the time of my parents' anniversary, and they came up and spent their anniversary with us at 54 Below, and we were selling out two-player game, and I felt like I was, I really felt like I was at the top, at the top of the world. And I was so excited, so excited that, like, years, just years of sitting around and dreaming and hoping and wishing and praying and not, not, not keeping myself from, like, getting too upset or down or giving up just uh you know things were changing i just felt them changing i felt this like really seismic shift happening beneath my feet and it was really thrilling and exciting and um and so we did two player game kurt deutsch came uh he came on a on a monday night and after the show joe and i when we did two-player game, we decided we wanted to thank the people who made this all possible. So rather than finishing the show and heading up to the dressing rooms and getting our stuff and leaving, we decided we needed to have a, a meet and greet where we can look these people face-to-face and say thank you. The fans. Yes. Um so we know, we know that Be More Chill is coming off Broadway, but we were not, we're not, but not they don't know else. yet. So the fans definitely don't know. And it's very hard because we're we're meeting these these kids and their parents and they're like, oh, you know, we're just we're we're keeping our fingers crossed for you guys. Hopefully, someone will produce it, and we'd love to come see it in New York. Sure. And we're like, yeah, us too. Yeah, we'd really, who? Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be really nice if so, if we're trying, we're really trying. Yeah. Uh, and so it was really great to have that secret. It 
felt so good to have that secret, um, knowing that like <laughs> the news would eventually uh, break and these kids would be thrilled, so happy. you know? And, uh, and so Kurt Deutsch comes to see the, the show. He cuts in line at the meet and greet. <laughs> these meet and greets were incredible. It was, they, uh, they, they, they sometimes lasted as long as two hours um, the line just like snake, they, they had to, we had to do the meet and greets in the elevator lobby of the F- Studio 54 building because there were always shows after us in 54. So there was no. The only space to do it. The only space to do it. There was one day where we, because we were doing it and not telling the building about it. And there was one day where uh, someone from the building was there and was like, you can't do that here. And so we had to do the meeting greet across the street on the sidewalk. Hilarious. Wow. In front of the SAG after building. What's happening at the meet and greet? I want to hear about Kurt, but what's the interaction? The interaction is a lot of crying, a lot of me crying, a lot of Joe crying, and a lot of parents and, and kids crying. We're getting letters and fan art. I mean, tr- you guys, I had to start bringing a second right. bag so I could bring this stuff home. You need a storage space at some yeah, point for yeah. all the well, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and it's uh, flat. It's so flattering because I, I'm just lucky enough to be able to do the, what I love to do for a living, and that it like is is so is so impacting these kids' lives. Is um, oh god, I like I can't. It's very difficult to like swallow that yeah. pill. It's um, and so there are kids who are saying, you know. Um, had a really tough thir- oh, God. Okay, there was one one uh young girl. She had to have been like 13, 14. She was the first in line. And she was like an old soul and funny and quirky and charming and full of life and so so wonderful. I this girl really like she left an impression on me. She said, I have a lot to say to you guys. Um, but I feel bad. Because there's so many other people here. So I'm going to get back in line. I'm going to get to go to the back of the line because I don't want to take up anyone else's time. And she was like, my parents are cool with it. Um, so I, but I just wanted to say you guys were great. And I really loved the show. And she walked away and I looked at Joe and I was like, that's, that's incredible. Is that unicorn? Yeah. So yeah. she gets to the back of the line and it, you know, took two her, hours later, two hours later, she makes her way back over and she's with her parents and her parents uh, say, you know, thank you guys so much because this, this musical means so much to our daughter and it's brought so much happiness into her life. And we promised her that we would give her privacy. So we're going to go outside and she's she wants a little privacy. So mature for like truly 13, 14. And so they go outside and she says, I just want to thank you guys for being more chill. I um, have been having a really hard time and I've been in and out of the hospital and specifically voices in my head has helped me. I have, um, I've harmed myself and that song listening to it makes me feel better and it makes me feel not alone. And it, uh, and, and she was just like this honesty and this like authenticity in that moment. And I couldn't keep it together. I was just crying. And so our parents came in and I gave them both hugs and said, thank you guys for being amazing parents. You have a really special daughter. And, you know, 54 Below is not a cheap ticket. You know, you're you're paying $45 for 
admission. And then everyone in your party has to spend twenty five dollars on. Food. Then you're getting risotto. What? And then then next thing you know, you're having seventy five dollar risotto, <laughs> <laughs> and there aren't even gold flakes on it. And I'm just like, oh, this is like an early two player game. And I'm just like, Joe and I finish the, we finish with her. We give her a big hug, we give her parents hugs. We get in the elevator, and I'm a mess. I'm just crying in the elevator, and we're exhausted too because. We did it's a, a lot. We did a 75-minute show, and then we did a two-hour meeting room where we were on the whole time and standing through the whole thing. And I just turned to him, and I was like, this is uh, this is crazy and really special, and thank you. And I thanked him and thanked him for the opportunity to be a part of the show from the beginning, and, um, and I thanked him for two-player game. Um, so the next show, is when Kurt Deutsch came and it's, um, it's a Monday night. I, right before we started the two player game performances, I was like, we should do an album because I really think people would, would listen to it. So I reached out to another record label and they, uh, they said, uh, Oh yeah, we would totally be interested in doing it. Uh, just do a Kickstarter and raise, $10,000. $10,000. And I talked to Joe about it, and we we both felt uh, about Kickstarters because really what we'd be doing is, like, asking our – like, hey, starving artist friends, will you uh, – Give us $10,000. Will you give us money? Yeah. Um, and so he's like, let me talk to Kurt. Obviously, there's a relationship there. would be more chill. And uh, and so we, we speak to Kurt, and he's like, let me come check out the show. So he comes to see the show. And after the show, uh, he came into the lobby of the meeting greet, and he said, "What are you guys doing on Thursday?" Nothing. He goes, "Okay, great. Let's record the album on Thursday." And I was like, "That's it." Do you need a Kickstarter? <laughs> he's like, "Let's do it." No, no Kickstarter. Uh, he's. I mean, ugh, I love Kurt, and so, so we go into the studio on Thursday, and we. We do it all in, you bang in like it out. A, yeah, we we banged it out in like a seven hour recording session. And And there's know, video. And there's video. Kurt has like hired like three videographers to come in and film. And I was just like, what is going on? Like truly what is going on? Um we're having a blast. Joe hates the process of recording an album. I love the process of recording an album. So there were just moments where I'd look over and it'd be like, just a giant shit-eating grin on my face. And he would just be like, yeah, 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 this is great. It's cool. He's like, I just want, like, I just want to, he- I just want the album to be finished. Uh-huh. Um, and so, so we do it. Uh, we continue to do two-player game. We did, oh my God, we did uh, seven dates in the spring. And they all sell out. They've all sold out. Um, the last two uh, shows that we did, uh, we make those into album release uh, concerts. And we're selling like a l- very limited edition, like like quick emergency print of the album. Um, and then we start rehearsals for... And then the, the, the day that we announced uh, the Off-Broadway run, we had a concert that night. So there was like an energy in the room uh, that was like unreal. Um, mind you, since 2015, before every con- before every performance of Michael in the Bathroom in a concert setting, Joe starts to play the beginning and I go into 
in as as briefly as possible, but I'm so wordy, um, do a, a setup of Michael in the bathroom. Um, the crowd like going nuts as soon as he starts playing it, and I'm and I'm telling them like the backstory and what just happened, and here and this is Michael's story, and here we go and sing the song. Um, we take a pause from two player game because now we're in rehearsals for be more chill, and it's um. And it's like it's it's very insane and it's weird. It's very strange to like be back in the room. Um, we've got uh, we've got a stellar cast. It it just like it feels like a dream. I'm just uh, every day uh, waking up so excited to go to work. Um, and it's it's a dream come true because it's a show that we and I always say this we mourned we buried it. I, at least, I had to. Um, and then you resurrected it. And then they resurrected it. The, fan, the, the, the fans resurrected the show. And they were loud and vocal about their love for the show. And they told their friends, who told their friends, who told their friends. And um, it's around this time that I learned that, um, that uh, there were two kids on Tumblr who shared a, a video of me singing Michael in the bathroom from a 54 Below press preview. Um, uh, Laura Haywood's video uh, on YouTube. And that's how that's how it got started on Tumblr. That's how the whole fire started on Tumblr. Um, yeah. And so now we're at we're now we're at the off-Broadway rehearsal process for Be More Chill. And Joe has written a new song for Jeremy called Loser Geek Whatever. And I am uh, hanging out at my apartment with uh, Emily Marshall, our MD. And she goes, do you want to hear the new song? And no one had heard it yet other than Will. And we were sitting in my room and uh, playing it on the speaker. And I'm just like sobbing. Uh, We're making the show better. We've learned from that production in New Jersey and we're, we're upping the ante and we're enhancing the show. Um, and it's all very real now and it all happened so quickly and, uh, it really all happened so quickly. We're talking, this is now June. So it's been six months since, since that, like, meeting at ear in about two player game. It's been six months since the meeting I took with a producer and we were do and we're doing it now. And I love the summer of the signature. It's full. It's jam packed. Tell us about the uh, night you found out the show is going to Broadway. Well, I let me backtrack into performances. So like I said earlier, when the last memory that I had of doing be more chill on a stage was like, Maybe a 75, honestly, probably like a 60% uh, full house in New Jersey. A lot of old people. There's nothing wrong with old people. I love old people. Uh, but there's like, you know, there's, it's just, it's a subscriber base uh, in, a, in, a, in a theater in New Jersey. And by the way, that Two River, <clears throat> knowing who their subscriber base is, did this show anyway. Yeah. Because that's huge. Yeah. Knowing 
that this may not be the thing you think you want, but we're going to give it to you anyway. Yeah, we're going to create new work. Yes, is an extraordinary thing. They're wonderful people yeah. out there. And they, their mission is to create and, and kind of like harness new musical. And and that's so important. And I love that. I love that, they're, that, that their theater has, has become a home for the birth of new musicals, exciting new musicals. Um, so the last memory I have is standing on the stage... Uh, Doing the doing the show and, and then that's it, you know. Right. And there was no no sign of of a, of more life for the show at that point. And so first preview, well, yeah. So first preview, um, we 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 start the show, the lights go down, and the crowd just like goes nuts. I I mean like. My heart was racing, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is happening!" And it, I started crying, and I was like, "You got to stop, man! You got to stop because you're <laughs> about to be on stage in like two minutes." So I pull it together. We start. Michael makes his first like entrance in um, "More Than Survive" in the in the lunch lunch scene, and uh, the music shifts. From the da 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 to a more laid back Marley reggae feel, and so it's da 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 da. I turn around, and like you would have thought that I was Patty Lapone uh, uh, in a in a in a new revival of Evita. Like people are like, oh my god, she's back. Uh, I. <laughs> couldn't breathe I actually couldn't breathe I was like this is we're we're in each of us are getting entrance applause mm-hmm. like we are uh like this is like we're like we're like we're Broadway legends uh all cast in a show in a show together it's like what is what's how what's what is what's happening um I I um I decide during the last few days of tech to get a tattoo that I had wanted to get back in New Jersey. This is how much the show meant to me even then. So that I wanted to get a tattoo, a Pac-Man tattoo, because there's a lyric in two-player game where Michael says, I got a Pac-Man tattoo. So uh, Gerard and I went on a day off and got tattoos. Looking at my Pac-Man tattoo, there's three squips going into his mouth. And, um, you know, I posted it, obviously, on Instagram. And when I pulled my sleeve up to show it, the tattoo got entrance applause. It was like, Whoa. I remember looking at Will Roland at that moment. And he was just like, are you fucking kidding me? I should have gotten a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His tattoo's getting applause. And so, uh, and so we're doing, you know. It's that is just, a first, my friends. Truly. And then, oh and then uh, you know, the, the signature, like there hasn't been a show in that, in that space that, that generates like a, a crazy, lo- lo- like a stage door line, nor is there an actual stage door proper. And so. We go out after that first preview, and it's like they they hadn't there we no one knew what to do, so there was not like a they hadn't perfected the the it was uh, not organized right, right it was disorganized chaos and love yeah. yeah but it was I mean it was amazing and we walked out and with screams and and um had the merch already arrived early no, on no not yet because slowly all those people you came out and they were wearing be more chill hats and be more chill shirts and a big thing that had been happening was a lot of kids making um, their own their versions. own Michael Mel hoodies. And so I saw, started to see a lot of those at two-player game and homemade creep shirts. And I got to tell you, it's very trippy. And I, 
I, I, I, I think a week into previews, I was like, okay, I can't look into the audience because it, it, it is like, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to like be playing a character and look out and see like three people in the front row. Wearing Avatars. This. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so. And Ben Stiller. And Ben Stiller. <laughs> and my boy, Ben Stiller. In, in the shirt as well. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, okay, all right, all right, all right. This is, uh, this is pretty, this is pretty wild. But and, that starts and I, happening, right, Sam? I mean, there are a lot of well-known people coming to the show pretending it's because their kids want to see it, but really. I love the way you phrase it. So Shell Visage, for example, sure, uh, found the musical from her daughter, and uh, tweeted. Uh, okay, so so uh, she tweeted uh, at us and uh, at well, she she tweeted at Be More Chill Musical, and she said, uh, uh, "Oh my God, I just I just saw the news. This shows this is before previous. This shows going to uh, going to the signature off Broadway." Uh, I'm so mad I'm not going to be in town during the run and I'm not going to be able to see it. And uh, I am a huge Drag Race fan and immediately write her back. uh, Something like Michelle in the bathroom. And we start this dialogue and I'm like dead set on getting Michelle Visage into a rehearsal if she can't make it to the show, we're going to get her we'll bring rehearsal. it to her. I was like the most annoying person in email chains being like, hey, so where are we on this? Yeah. Did, have you checked in with Equity? Is it cool if we have a visitor? Uh, and she she came and she, she's been like amazing. She's talked about being more chill on her and RuPaul's uh, podcast several times. Um, I just uh, messaged with her last night. It's she's like uh, – I love that she's that she well, she's loves a fairy godmother so of the show. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so anywho, she was there, and 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 Ron Howard and Ben Stiller. Uh, oh God, it's uh, it's it. James Franco came. It's it's like, oh my God, like this this thing. But like, okay, cool. People are people know about this now. And what I have to stress is that for such a long time, and by a long time, I mean like less than a year. The popularity, I'm holding my phone up right now for the people listening. The popularity of Be More Chill existed within the confines of this screen. Right. And to, and so to have been immersed in the screen and immersed in the internet popularity of the show for several months, and then all of a sudden to, to see it right in front of you, m- my heart exploded because it was like, um, the, uh, it's just a, it's uh it is quite literally a dream coming true. It is the it is the um it was re- it just was real. It was it was more real than it ever was. There were people that I could like hug and talk to right, and, who, say like, thank you and say and thank you and thank you to and parents. I mean, oh my god, the parent the parents that I met during that off probably run were incredible. Um some of the best parents ever who would do anything for their children um, and who feel so, so scared of raising a kid today with just everything going on in the world and, and the dangers of social media. Um, but finding that, that in, in, a, in a very interesting way, social media has bridged gaps for a lot of these kids. Yeah. They have a community. communities now. Yeah. And they do meetups, be more chill meetups, and they meet each other at, at like uh, comic cons, dressed up as characters from Be More Chill. They do photo shot, photo shoots, uh, in in cosplay uh, costume. It's like, it's 
it's um it's it's truly like breathtaking and thrilling. Um so so we uh so we start previews. It's it's fantastic. It's everything I ever wished for. I'm loving it. I'm loving it so much. We're making great changes during the day, we're implementing them at night, and then um you know, I'm like def- definitely chatting with Joe and Jen about like, you know, what's next? What's going on? Like are we do you think? And they're like, you know, we're working on it. We, we, we're trying really hard. And um, and then Birdie Michaels, our uh, stage manager, uh, says, hey, you guys, we're going to have an emergency automation rehearsal. Uh, so let's all meet on Tuesday um, at 6 o'clock in the house. Uh, and we'll, we just got to look at something. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, we get in on Tuesday. And so she was then on the, she knew. Yeah. So this was yeah. automation, air this quotes. Air quotes, automation rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And Danielle Gimbel's here. She's the uh, copyist on the show. I'm like, why is a copyist at an automation rehearsal? And the band's here. I'm like, why is a band here for an automation rehearsal? And then like, like choreographers here. And I was like, okay, uh, all right. Um, and then I look over. And Michaela from Marathon Digital, our social media uh, uh, consultants, guru, gurus, are setting up a, a a tripod with a camera in the way of the thing, the only thing of automation we had in the show. It's the, <laughs> they're they're setting up a camera, and that's where it, literally in the in the pathway of this giant steel portal that 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 we're supposed to be rehearsing. And Jen Tepper's in a beautiful red dress, and I'm like, she rented the runway she for did automation rent the runway. rehearsal. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, what's going on? And I start to have a, a little bit of a feeling about it. And and we get in a circle, and uh, Jerry Gehring says, "I'm pleased to announce that everyone in this room uh, will be going uh, to Broadway in the spring. Uh, we're going to do the show in uh, 2019." Uh, at the Lyceum Theater, and I felt nothing. I felt so numb. I was like, I don't know if I was waiting for someone to be like, just kidding, or maybe it's my uncomfortableness with with commercial Broadway theater and the business end of things. Um, I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. uh, I don't know how to feel. So I'm super numb. I'm not feeling a thing. And I look over at Joe and Lauren and Lauren is crying because somehow they are married and Joe did not slip any of this to Lauren. Uh, and I, I lose it. And I start crying because I'm looking at my friends who are truly the best people in the world and truly like the most talented people in the world. And I mean, these are the people who would, they would take a bullet for you and I would take a bullet for them. And I'm looking at this couple and they, they are like relationship goals. We, we would all be so lucky to marry someone who we work well together, uh, with and who we love madly. And they're just, they're like the best. And then I'm like, they're going to make their Bowie debuts with be more chill and, Jason Sweet Tooth Williams is going to make his Broadway debut would be more chill. And I mean, uh, Caitlin Carlson, uh, um, 
I lost it. I was like completely, I walked away. I walked away. I couldn't, I like couldn't breathe. I was crying so hard. And I just ran up and gave everyone hugs. And then I found Michaela and I was like, you can't post any of this video of me crying. You cannot post it. Unlike like, this video of you crying. And she was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, I won't. Don't worry. We, we got you. Um, I go downstairs. Why didn't you want people to see you crying? Because I was like, because I was like real ugly, cry, like ugly crying. Like y- y- it looked like, like something really horrific. It looked had, had like bad news had happened. It looked like bad Not news the best news of your life. Um, and I, so I, I, I run out and I call, I FaceTime my parents and I look like this. And they go, what's wrong? And then I said, Mom, Dad, we're going to go to Broadway. The show's going to Broadway. And I couldn't, I just lost it. I couldn't breathe. And I was crying so much. My parents were, my dad was like, my dad was crying. My mom was crying. And I uh, I was just like, we're going to Broadway. We're going to the Lyceum. This is all happening. My parents were there. Um, my parents were there for, for, uh, for opening, they've loved to be more chill since since they saw it like five times at Two River. Mm. Um, and then my mother, in true Jonah Salazar fashion, wipes her face and goes, "Okay, but how do I invest? <laughs> okay, but can I be a producer?" And I, my dad goes, "Jonah, <laughs> oh my God, come on!" I said, "Yeah, Mom." Can you just let me have this moment of like celebrating and then we can talk about business stuff later? I'm thrilled to announce she's not producing or, or investing in the show. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was very funny. Um, and then I ran into uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Jason Blitman, who is the casting director for Theater Works, who is the casting director for The Lighting Thief. And, uh, and him and his partner live in Hell's Kitchen. And uh, I was walking back uh, up 10th Avenue to make a right on a 42nd to walk back into the signature. And I, I, I'm, I look like I'm, I'm a mess. And I don't, it doesn't look like tears of joy. It looks like I got bad news. And he stops me and he goes, hey, is everything okay? And I was just like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> I'm going to Broadway. Fine. And I, I couldn't tell him. I couldn't right. say anything. God. I was like, don't worry, I'm good, I'm good, Because it was a secret? It was a secret, yeah. Ah, so all of that was for you guys. For us and to they, know. they filmed it, but it's not yet for public not consumption. Not yet for public consumption. So, um, so, yeah, you know, I was, the whole summer I was just emotionally unprepared for what was happening because I was still celebrating the fact that Be More Chill was premiering off-Broadway when we... Uh, sold out our run, right? And then I was still celebrating the sold out run when they announced the extension. And then I was still celebrating uh, the extension when the extension sold out. And then I was still celebrating the extensions, uh, uh, the extension being sold out when we were told that we were going to Broadway. So I feel like I was just like emotionally a beat behind the entire summer. And um, and we all we all had this extra pep in our step that night. My voice was so tired because I was crying, wailing. Yeah, and uh, and we did the show that night, and um, I got in a car and went home and cried the whole way. And I woke up the next morning and I cried all morning, and it was um, you know this stuff doesn't happen, and I feel like we were 
chosen. You know, I don't know. You know, and you know that I'm a very spiritual person, and I, I, I have like given, um, given up the need to control everything, and I've trusted um, the universe because every big decision in my life um, has. I've just listened to my gut and I've listened to my instinct. I, I'm an actor because of an accident. Um, it was everything that has happened in my life has been by accident. And here we are, you know, and so it's, I've tried, I trust the universe so much and it has just been, um, it has just been the most incredible uh, year ever. And I'm like, <laughs> so ready for 2019. <laughs> And to do the show. Yeah, with my yeah. friends. Yeah. And watch them all make their debuts and like uh, hang out at the Lyceum. And, you know, we're going to move this show that has uh, that has had an unprecedented journey to Broadway that has been rooted in social media and rooted in, in youth and, and energy and technology. And we're going to move this show into the oldest operating house on Broadway, this old dusty theater that has seen um, so many productions and so many actors and so many stage managers and just the history within those walls and this show that we we mourned and we, we buried three years ago is going to live on within those walls and it's oh it's just so much to take in and I feel thankful and um and just really fortunate and really lucky and um blessed and uh and honored to have um to have to to be a, a part of this journey like truly so honored uh and excited to tell the story and excited for this quirky high schooler who just wants to be his the best friend he could possibly be. I'm so excited for people to see him and watch his journey and watch Jeremy's journey and watch this squip, this thing, try to take over the school and try to take over the world. And uh, and for this kid who loves uh, old music and retro video games and doesn't need to, doesn't feel like he needs a community because he's got his best friend by his side. Like, I'm so excited for him to save the day eight times a week on Broadway. Totally. Uh, the thing that you're forgetting and the thing that you probably can't say is you're one of the most extraordinarily talented people that I've ever met. And so, yeah, like a lot of this happened because of the uh, confluence of events in the way that they had to happen exactly how they happen. But the thing is, George, you're at the center of this musical with your voice and your talent, like true, extraordinary talent. I know you know that, and it's very hard to under to say that out loud about yourself. Thank so you. I'm just here to I'm say... I'm sitting back crying. Yeah. Alana's looking into my eyes and yeah, saying these things to because me. Because really... Some people are really great singers and some people are really great actors. And to have the gift of being able to tell the story in both ways is a very rare gift to have. And your channeling of this character is really like like 
miraculous. And I love that you're in the moment and you're making everything you can of it and for it. This is the beginning. It's pretty exciting. <gasps> Will you just finish this sentence? Be more chill is. <laughs> There's, I could write paragraphs finishing that sentence. Um, on this day, in this moment, uh, be more chill is the best thing that has ever happened to me. We love you, George. I love you so guys much. So Sam and I had this idea, because Be More Chill is such a fan-driven show, and the fans are so much of why the show has made it to Broadway, we wanted to find a way to share what the show means to you with all our listeners. So we went out and asked some fans to share their feelings about Be More Chill with us, and here's one now. I consider George Salazar and Be More Chill to be the actor and musical that changed my life. The story of Be More Chill is one whose heart is based on friendship and love. The love that the fans have for this show is incredible, and I'm honored to be a part of it. When I first listened to Be More Chill in April of 2017, I connected with the character of Michael Mel because I saw myself in him. I listened to the song Michael in the Bathroom and thought, that's me. To have someone as loving, generous, and caring as George behind this character is amazing. George is always so kind to those who care about him, and he gives great advice. Watching him grow and get more and more of the recognition he deserves is such a privilege. I hope everyone in his life knows how lucky they are to have him in it. Seeing the actor that changed my life and the role that changed my life in the show that changed my life makes my heart so happy. I see a bright future for George and Be More Chill. A future filled with the same friendship and love which made the show a hit in the first place. Happy Broadway! Thank you for listening. Hey, you can find us on Instagram at How to Be More Chill. And one quick thing before we go, could you go to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen on and just take a moment to rate and review us? We would really appreciate it. And do not forget, this is Alana. This is Sam. Tell us how to be more chill. Never hung with a girl like you before. I don't know if you know it, but I am sure that for me you are an upgrade. Upgrade. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Schmidt. Are you in love with the podcast you're listening to? Kevin Jager here. Did you know it's part of the Practically Perfect Broadway Podcast Network? And I'm Brian Plofsky. The Broadway Podcast Network features over 30 podcasts to feed the theater passion in all of us. Feed me, Seymour. Wait, over 30? I feel like I'm running out of time. It doesn't have to be agony because we have a very good place to start. Try out the Broad Wasted podcast with the three of us. And yes, it is what it sounds like. Join us every Tuesday for a hilarious happy hour with the best and brightest on Broadway. We drink, play games, share laughs, and did I mention drink with your favorite Broadway stars? From Jeremy Jordan, Patty Murin, Jessica Vosk, and Carolee Carmelo. To James Monroe Eigelhart, Sierra Bogus, George Salazar, and Alice Ripley. We have too much fun with too many friends of the show to mention. And on BPN, there's a whole new world of theater podcasts podcasting at your fingertips. Alongside the Broad Wasted podcast, you can discover other great established shows 
and exclusive podcasts that were made just for the BPN Network. So defy gravity and fly on over to broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Or go direct to our page at bpn.fm backslash broadwasted. And follow, follow, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Broadwasted, and the network is Broadway Podcast Network. We just can't wait to be a part of your weekly theater podcast lineup. Thank you and cheers! Thank you for listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to visit us online at broadwaypodcastnetwork.com, on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network, or on Twitter at BWAPod Network.